Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hello and welcome to episode number 111, 111 of the VK Bros. With the VK Bros, Jason and Alex Von Cannell. On a foggy Saturday morning heading into Brisbane. Hey, which... are, all, are all the ones, are they um, good luck in Chinese culture? Or is it 11-11? Uh, I think... 11-11 singles day. I don't know, I thought eights were just the lucky number. Eights are a lucky number, but I'm pretty sure 11-11 is singles day. Yeah, okay. 11-11 is seen as a gateway number by um, various, like... Crystal people? Yeah, that's alternative types. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, there you go. But no, very foggy heading into Brisbane this morning. Um, It's actually quite cool because the the city was, like, shrouded in fog as I was driving on the highway. So you could only actually see, like, three or four of the big buildings and everything else looked like it disappeared. That's actually planted by the government. (laughs) We use that to build military bases under the... Under the fog. Is, is this like Wakanda? Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Yeah, That's Bri- why you guys Brisbane, both Brisbane forever. <laughs> anyway, what's been happening, Alex? I had a shocking day yesterday. I allocated a day to prepare my tax. I'm going to do my tax on Monday for mm-hmm. la- last year's tax. Oh, me too. I've actually booked in to get our tax return done. We are like sisters. Money, 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 money. Money. Yours, oh, no, yours won't be different because I'll have to pay money too. Anyway. Mine's a little bit complicated. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of stuff going on. But I I had properly prepared myself at home to set up, right, how to shower, like had breakfast, how to shower, sat in front of the computer for an hour and mm-hmm. could not even find the first report that I used yeah, to, do, to do it. <clears throat> That's what you I want. was so frustrated. <laughs> I was frustrated at myself. I'm like, why did I not leave myself breadcrumbs to find this the next time? Mm-hmm. Now, of course I did. Yeah. But I was just looking in the wrong place. And then once I found it, it was it was fine. Then there's something we need to talk about because when I export the, the data out of my system, mm-hmm. it went into Excel. Yeah. Uh, now, why, why did, didn't I use Excel? Oh, Excel was doing a monster update. Right. So I couldn't use it at what the time. What sort of monster update does Excel do? Right. Like, what? Oh, we've got like uh, new backgrounds. Like, yeah, it's white too. Yeah. Like, it's white. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I, I grabbed all the data and copied it and put it into Google Sheets. Did you know that if you do that, Google Sheets does not recognize numbers as numbers anymore? So you cannot use formula. So. Did it like reformat them all as text or something? Yeah, but then I I, I highlighted it all, went to format, mm-hmm. changed it to number, mm-hmm. then changed it to currency. Does nothing. Really? Does not recognize them. So I was having to copy and paste between the bo- both things, mm-hmm. um, and then I wanted a web version of it for when I go do my tax. So I, it ended up yeah, all so back on Google Sheets, ready to go. But yeah, they don't even recognize numbers. No one's talking about that racism. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I'd said it... These as, hashtag like, first world problems to start the show today. I'd said it to someone <laughs> next door and they're like, oh, well, it's their program. They can do whatever they want with, with the language that they use. And I'm like, but it's a common language. A number is a common language. Mm. And to not recognize them as such is... Is racist. Is racist. Is numerous. So Microsoft and Google, you guys need to come, come together. Come together. Come together as two companies yeah. and recognize numbers for what they are. Not much... The only coming together that companies seem to do these days is when large companies make acquisitions of other companies and they just, uh, it's not coming together, it's assimilation. There's a monster acquisition that's happening at the moment. Is there? Adobe, Another one. Adobe is buying a company that does, uh, I think I think it's like for web creators to help make content, mmm. $20 billion. Really? Yeah, I've never heard of the company before. Never heard of it. You, so you can't remember the company name at all? No. No. So that's a monster. 20 bill. Yeah, it's, that's huge. That's big dog money. So, um, yeah, but I, I finally got... I, I'm like 80% of the way there. Mm. And I, I think I can bang out the rest on Monday morning. Nice. Have what fun with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How's yours? Um, oh, it's one of those weeks when both the kids are sick. You can probably hear my voice is a little bit croaky as mm. well, but I'm on, I'm on the up today. I've had a... It's just like head cold or something like that. It's probably COVID because it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, but the the kids are getting better now. Um, 
yeah, just been in one of those weeks. Uh, Amanda's gone back to work a little bit more this week, so she's sort of getting back in. Well, getting back into it now at school holidays. So now she's got some time she's off. Now, now she's back out of it. Yeah, so I spent some quality time at home with Jakey Boy this week, which was good. Uh, made me think about something interesting because uh, he's so he's almost six months old. He'll be six months old this month. No, he is six months old. Anyway, neither him nor there. And he's really, really trying hard to get up onto his knees and crawl around. Right. Like he's he's just at that pre-crawling stage at the moment, and it's like every day he struggles with it and it's hard like you can tell he's got no muscle development or anything like that mm. he's got this big old melon bowling ball head yeah that he's like lying down this front trying to like hold his head up and you can tell how tough it is and he's like screaming and stuff because it's difficult and it's frustrating and whatever but he just keeps going back to it keeps going back to it keeps going back to it it's like obviously an instinctual thing yeah. where they just force themselves to go through this pain to be able to achieve something that they mm. know they need to do and it really made me reflect this week and go, when do we stop doing that? When when in life do we stop putting ourselves through the pain to try to learn to do something that is probably good for us or that would benefit us? So I, I have this conversation with a lot of people in my in my network mm-hmm. because I dead set think that's a mindset thing. A lot of people just mm. want to avoid the things that they don't like. Yeah, yeah. And... I've always had the opinion of like, no, the stuff that you're you're bad at is usually sorry. The stuff that you hate is usually stuff that you're bad at. Yeah. If you yep. get good at it, you'll like it. That's right. So do it more. That's right. Do it more. Practice it. So in the gym next door, one of build the, confidence in that thing, whatever that thing is. The one of the, the could be doing your taxes or Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. Well, I, but I, I I said okay, it's not my strong suit, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get in there. I'm going to I'm going to create the space for me to succeed in that space, and I did. Yeah. Right. But it sucked, but yeah. I got it. And, and then and then now I've also set it up to make it easier for next time. Mm-hmm. But in the gym next door, one of the moves I hate the most is like plate push. When, we, when, do, when we're doing conditioning sessions, mm. you're, not, you're not used to pushing the plate away from you. Like, you're normally pulling plates towards yourself. Well, usually the plate I'm pushing away is much lighter than the one that I'm pushing <laughs> And it's, it's just a movement that my body hates. Right. So guess what? Yeah, you got to do That's the one that I do. So yeah. when there's an option, oh, do you get on the assault bike or you can do that. I'm like, all right, I'll do play push. And yep, I just yep, try and it stuff. sucks. And I don't do like, you know, if we're doing races and stuff, I know I'm keeping lagging the team behind, mm. but I know for me, I need to keep doing it. Yeah. Same with the, the, the reading. I used to have a, there was a, when I was in um, corporate world, mm-hmm. there was a perception around me that I was a skimmer of information. Mm-hmm. And, and that was true. Yeah. But it became my identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I then did is like, okay, I don't want this to be me. And I can see some examples, you know, signing an employment contract with the clause in it. Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to... That was a joke. Do you want to tell the punters what that is? Had a, any new viewers had a boss that, that story? Had a boss that knew that <laughs> I didn't read stuff. So when I, when I re-signed back with him, put a clause in there that said I wasn't allowed to dive, drive dangerous, uh, fast or furiously. And I was on like a two-year... <laughs> Probation. Probation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. As a joke. And and I signed it, you know, yeah. because I didn't read it. Gotcha. So after after that, I was like, okay, no, this this could actually be a real problem of mine. So mm. that's something that I need to get good at now. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about the times... Because you are good at that stuff. Mm. But do you want to talk about the times that I even uh, surpassed your skill at it and actually helped you out? No, I can't you remember those. Remember that Eager's messages that would come out? And no one would read, like, from Eager's corporate? Oh, the fishing ones? The uh, No, no, there was another one. Anyway, there was another one that I rang up and said, hey, read the bottom of the, read the bottom of that email that just came out. Mm. And it said something like, um, respond with, uh, respond with blah, blah, blah to receive a gift. Right. Because I was testing with, to see whether their communication was, mm-hmm. um, was helpful or not. Anyway, so... Only four people in the entire group mm. emailed, mm-hmm. and and I um, so that was shocking to them to realise that no one read, but I read it. Yeah, you know, so I now read stuff from top to bottom. I even get mm. like, you know, some social media posts. I'll be like, so that my friends friends put up like, hey, you got a spelling mistake at the blah blah blah. Mm. Oh, I didn't even notice. Like, yeah, I did. Yeah, you know, so. Look, it, it, it's it's an important skill to have, and what I would say about the Eagles thing is that if only four people in that whole organisation read it, their communications are ineffective. 
Oh, totally, totally, yeah. and they knew that. They mm. knew that, but it was a great, it was a great yardstick. To, yeah, great way of checking it out. Well, and and for me, I, I was like that kind of solidified the fact that I have, I'm not that person anymore. I am someone that reads things yeah. to a high high level now and have a high level of understanding of the yeah. things that things that I read. So, mm. so um, yeah, so think about that in your life. Like, what what um, weaknesses do you have that you just allow to sit there because you have a feeling that uh, you can't change? Like, you know. We grew up in a time where people used to use that saying, oh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And that's incorrect. You yeah. can absolutely teach old dogs. It's the best thing you can do for an old dog. That's right. And I mean, like, I look at like an example of me pushing through difficulty was when I first started landscaping in December last year, middle of summer, the first couple of days that I worked there, I think the first day was pretty easy. And then the next day we did this massive garden clear out on this huge block and I pretty much spent the whole day just dragging logs and stuff up a hill to a, a green waste bin. And I was wrecked that night. Absolutely wrecked. And my in-laws were coming over for dinner. And like I was like laid out on the couch, had like heat stroke yeah. and just felt like garbage. And my sister-in-law was like, you know, like, you know, you don't have to do that, right? Like you can go and do something else. I'm like, no, I just know that if I do this for three weeks, it'll get easier. Yeah. And now I can just smash out days and, you know, it's, it's fine because my body got used to it and, and, you know, you build up that sort of resilience to it. But well, that's the, that's the answer. I mean, she's answered it. It was, it's choice is the problem. Yes. The choice not to, to do it. Yeah. The choice to avoid anything hard. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing, like what, what I've become so aware of since having kids is we're not born making those choices. At some point, at some point we start choosing the easy way out. And I don't exactly know when that point is, and it'd be really, really interesting to find out. I think a lot of it possibly comes down to, I guess, obviously how you were raised. Uh, but at some point, we start choosing the easy way out. And as a parent who's inherently mindful of trying to instill things like resilience uh, and not ambition, but resilience is probably the big one. Like turning up every single time, even though things aren't going well, just keep on turning and persistence. up and persistence yeah. and, and just, and making your weaknesses into strengths. I'm just hyper mindful of like, okay, my language, like when I'm talking to the kids about something, am I speaking about it in a way which discourages them from continuing yeah. to do that? All those sorts of things. So yeah, just, just a interesting little it, thought bubble pop. It's an interesting uh, marker of that is when people say, I can't do that. And it's like, well, no, it's not that you can't. Yeah. It's that you haven't put any effort into trying yet. And if you did, yeah. you would you would get a result out of it. Yeah. So it was like when we, we went, um, oh, let me nerd out for a second because mm-hmm. I, I didn't talk about my racing last week, did I? Uh, nah, I can't remember. No, because I, I went so. on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So for, for, for long-standing um, listeners, thank you. Thank you. You'll know that... For new listeners, uh, subscribe to the channel now. And we have a bet that is only becoming... Well, we will only know about it in 2035. So if you subscribe now, you won't miss yeah, yeah, the yeah. thrilling conclusion to that bet. Yeah. Um, when I, I... I bought a race car last year, a new one, mm-hmm. that wasn't as expensive as my previous one. So I could drive it like a... Th- Felt like I could drive it harder, mm-hmm. and I made the mistake. It was a heavily modified. It's a it's a eight six. That's it's got like thirty thousand dollars worth of mods to it. Mm-hmm. I just bought it as all done. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, it has this massive wing on the back, and it just reminded me of like the year two thousand and four at Broadie Car Park on the Gold Coast, like mm-hmm. those car meets, like what you see in Fast and Furious one, like the first one. Yeah, know? yeah. Um. So I took the wing off. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, the wing's not going to do anything. Anyway, shocking, shocking around. Like 20 or 30 kilometers an hour down on the main straight, mm-hmm. like through the kink on the main straight. Then Compared what, to the old car or the other car. The other car, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I used to be like 90% throttle across the top of the track and I was at like 40% throttle. Like yeah. it's just so bad. It would get this throttle, weird man. pendulum effect. So... So when you'd come out of the carousel at Lakeside and all all the weights loaded onto the left side, when it corrected itself, you felt like this seesaw and, and it was just mm. terrible. It just wanted to kick out all the time. I hated it. I hated the car. Yeah. And then one of the guys in the group is very, 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 very knowledgeable. He's like, this guy, the guy who built this car built it for a reason. Mm-hmm. Put the wing back on. And I'm like, I just don't think it's going to do anything. So, But I'm like, okay, I'll do that. I'll mm-hmm. have another go. Downforce is a completely different beast. 
And, okay, this, it's hard, it's really hard to explain to someone, but I'll, I'll, I'll try it the best I can. Those big spoilers that you see on the back, the idea is that the air passing under it moves faster than the air on top of the wing, or no, the other way around. Therefore, there's a low-pressure system underneath, mm -hmm. and it pulls it's, the thing it down. It sucks it down. sucks yeah, it down, yeah. okay? I'm not only faster on the straight than... Last time, I'm faster than the, that la the other car I used to have, which is a faster car. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually accelerating through the kink. Yeah. But the hard thing is, your brain... Because my brain has never experienced what downforce feels like, what aerodynamic downforce feels like. It's a new feeling. Mm -hmm. And the only way to get it work is to go faster. Mm. Everyone's brain, when you're driving, when you get in a... In a when you have a problem that comes up, your natural instinct is to slow down. Yeah. Which upsets the error effect and effect and makes it worse. Yeah. So you have to accelerate. So mm -hmm. the hardest part for me, and I didn't really nail it until uh, the last two sessions where I realized, oh, wait, this is flat, flat in top gear through this, mm. through this kink. And you have to tell yourself, your brain's going, you can't do that. You yeah, can't do that. Yeah, and you yeah. have to say, no, 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 trust me. Yeah, trust <laughs> me, brain. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be yeah. fine. It is the most wild experience. And it's, uh, it is definitely a game changer. So I'm going to actually adjust the wing. I'm going to give it a little more angle, just mm -hmm. a little more, because when you come out of the turn two, when you come out of the carousel, I think the angle of the wing is now stalling it. It actually mm -hmm. turns it off. Right, right, right. And it's giving you the opposite effect. It's yep. like creating lift, lift in the back. Yep. Yeah, so I just want to angle it down a little bit just so I've got, I can go flat through that top section. That's going to be a game changer. Interesting. So so a couple of interesting things I took out of your story. Yep. First bit was someone offered you some advice on putting the wing on. Yeah. Your first response to that was, nah. That was your first inherent yep. thing. Oh, no, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. But you followed the advice. You tried yeah, it out. Yeah, you've got to try it. When you were driving it, it felt unnatural because it was something you weren't used to. Yeah. You worked at it. Yeah. And you got good results from it. Yeah. Yeah. I went, I got my new PB around Lakeside, 62.29. Yeah. Um, I'm really chasing that 60 mark. Mm -hmm. Like I want to break into the, like 59, if I got a 59.99, I'll be really, really happy. Now, mm -hmm. 2.3 seconds is a lot of time to make up on But the how track. much did you shave off this weekend? Uh, uh, no, a quarter of a second. Quarter of a second. Only a quarter. Okay. But in saying that, if I can nail the back section, there's, I think there's like a second there. Mm -hmm. And the, this is the other thing that I wanted to, so then um, one one of the guys listens to this. Mm -hmm. There's three of us that were on track. Mm -hmm. Two of us disseminate each corner and each line into each corner. Mm-hmm. And talk about the best ways to get in, where to break, where to where to get out. Mm -hmm. One person's pretty fixed in their ways. Right. That person's the slowest. Yeah. So I there's a couple of different lines that I want to try. Um, the, his his line coming onto the straight is going to get me more speed, mm -hmm. and there I can make more take more advantage of the arrow effect. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've got there's there's a pathway to a faster lap. Yeah, and just just note on that having a fixed mindset when it comes to racing, especially racing lines, having a if, unless you're changing a variable, you're not going to improve. Correct. So unless you change the car, or you change the setup of the car, yep, or you change a line or how you approach something, yep, you're not going to improve your time. Yeah, yeah. So to me, that seems like the most counterintuitive thing ever to have a fixed minds bet uh, set up. Yeah. 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 You've, so you've got to just try something new. And, and the thing is like, just trying something new every time doesn't mean it's going to benefit you every single time, but at least you'll know. Well, that's the thing with racing too, because you've got a limited time to make the, like the adjustments. You have to sort of act on the fly to understand if that was, you, you kind of do it by feel. The only input that I have is, I have a, my phone set up like it's mounted with mm -hmm. a track telemetry, but I've got it set so it's got very minimal distraction on it. Yeah. But it will just show me green when I'm on a faster sector mm -hmm. or 
red when I'm on when I'm being slower. Right. So if I want to test something, if I want to say, okay, I'm going to change my brake marker to that spot there, mm-hmm. and when I come out of it, I want I just want to see in my peripherals is it green or yeah, is it yeah. or is it red? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you have to remember, okay, well that didn't work. Revert back to the previous ones. There's a lot of stuff going on, and you do I do burn some laps because I'm testing. But I'm really hunting for that ultimate lap, mm. so I've got to I've got to accumulate as much data as I can yeah. to to try and get it. So. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, all right, something I wanted to talk about today mm. briefly was uh, obviously we mentioned last week the unfortunate passing of Queen Elizabeth, and the media airways just being completely filled with it. And one of the things that I've become a little bit hypersensitive to uh, over the last few years is when there is some form of dominating story in the headlines what what is the things that we're missing yeah. in the noise what gets slid through yeah and I just thought I'd do a quick little uh, I'll, I'll just give you the headlines yeah, yeah. and then maybe we can go through and discuss any of the things that I've picked up that yeah. you might be more interested in so here are some of the things that have happened whilst we've been speaking about the Queen or mourning the Queen let's show some respect number one uh, Bill Gates buys 2,100 more acres of farmland. Right. So I think he'd already... I can't remember the exact numbers, but he already had like 210,000 yeah. acres or something like that. Was already the largest private uh, farmland owner in America and has just bought another 2,100 more acres yep. in a time of global uh, food crisis. Is he pro-Big Pharma or Big Pharma? Oh. Uh, two... Uh, there's been a, a little bit of noise around about 9-11 mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, false flag narrative or just people not not believing the mainstream story. That's an interesting one. I, I had some thoughts about this. This has been the first year, I think, that something bigger has happened than the memory of that event. Right. And maybe it's because of that, that undertow, that undertow, the undercurrent, of, the undercurrent mm. has now come to the surface because, yep. you know, on PVD they showed that the New York Times on 9-11 didn't even show, didn't wasn't even, even mention it, yeah, not like even the New York Times. Yeah. So, and that's a pretty significant event there. So yeah. maybe that's because of that reason. Yeah, I, I definitely get the feeling like... A lot of the sentiment is coming from the fact that I think people are realizing that uh, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. Uh, well, <laughs> let's not get too far into it. Um, but no, what I'm what I think is like the Americans uh, citizens. I think they're starting to realize that a lot of the things that they were fed to justify sending money to Ukraine doesn't really add up. And now it's front of mind that potentially the American government might lie to its people about yeah. conflict. Yep. So I think people are sort of joining the team. Did you together. see the Live Golf um, trophy? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And the, <laughs> they think it looks like the the wreckage of the wreckage of, yeah. Yeah. I think next year's or next tournament's one that is a Pentagon but with like one of the sides taken. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like it's the section that's got the accounting in it. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Just that's, a dollar sign. Yeah, yeah, that's a flashback. Um, another one, the, the left wing jewel of the world, which is Scandinavia and Sweden more specifically, uh, just voted in right wing government. So they've had a left wing socialist government or sorry, it's social democratic government, right? which they describe themselves as center left for like 70 years, I think. Wow. Really that long? Yeah. And they've just voted in, uh, it's like a block of four different right-wing parties got enough of the vote to join together to take... Interesting. ...to take government in Sweden. So, yeah, Sweden, which everyone looks at as a very left country, is has voted in... Is there any Swedes, government. Swedes out there put in the in the comments? Like, where, where do we need to look to find out what, what was sentiment like? Yeah. That, that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because if I had to guess, if I had to guess, and I'm literally pulling this out of my ass, mm-hmm. but I know Europe's going through, like, a migrant crisis at the yeah. moment... And if if they are, I know people get pretty upset when lots of migrants just get pushed onto your um, like into your town. Yeah, and I, I believe that the 
uh, and left ideology. New, is well, the new prime important. minister, I believe, ran on a um, a base of anti-immigration sentiment. And this is one of the other things too that, as a country like Australia, we we find a little bit difficult to grasp is that countries like Sweden are very sort of they're not very multicultural. They're essentially Swedish people, and that's it. And it's really easy to bring in like left-wing caring policies when you feel like you're just taking care of your own. Yeah. And then when things start to switch around and you have things like... Sharing is caring as long as it's not with anyone else. Yeah. And that's that appears to be what... Yeah. What has caused this now? But yeah, like you said, any Swedes that are out there, uh, let us know in the comments what's happening over in Sweden and, you know, why do you think the pendulum has swung the other way? Um, something interesting in that area, and it happened a couple of weeks ago, that got a little bit of coverage. The Is it the Finnish Prime Minister, uh, Sanna Marin? Yeah, getting know. caught dancing. Yeah. And like, that's the coolest chick ever. Mm. Like, why? She's a human, you know? And, and, and the, it was not as... Um, it was not like she wasn't dancing to WAP. <laughs> Should have been. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I, I saw a speech with it. She's like, you know, um, yes, I was out dancing. It was supposed to be a private event, and um, you know, I'm a human, and mm-hmm. you know, I like to dance, and it's something I won't stop. But I understand that being prime minister of, of a country, you need to, <coughs> you know, you need to uh, um, appear to be a certain thing. So I'll try to endeavour to be that thing. And I was like, oh, okay, so you, you still got to dance? And, and she's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you want the conspiracy angle on that? Yeah. Uh, those videos that got released of her was shortly after she spoke at, I don't know what conference it was, but there was a lot of the European leaders there. And she spoke up about, like she spoke against the war in Ukraine. We're saying that things need to stop. Ah. And it's just, yeah, a very interesting timing that yeah. she comes out and says, we need to stop this war. And then all of a sudden... They bring out something that makes it look awesome? Well, it's obviously makes it look awesome to us. Yeah. But to maybe an older, more conservative generation who's watching the news... It makes her look young, immature, like she doesn't really know what she's talking but about. But in the same week, I think just before that came out, our Prime Minister, Albanese, mm. chugged the beer and everyone loved it. We lapped it up. Yeah, because that's the Aussie drinking culture. Mm-hmm. You know? Keep on partying. Um, yeah, but no, I thought, I thought that was interesting, that one. Uh, oh, that's something else too that I did see which was with that Swedish election, not only do they run on a base of anti-immigration, but I believe that some of the right-wing parties were speaking against the war in Ukraine as well, saying it needs to stop. So there's a, there's a bit of noise coming Sweden out of... Sweden is... No, or is it Norway? Who's trying to join NATO? I thought it was It might Sweden. be Sweden, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know... I, I mean, I'm no... Um, I am a commentator, but I'm no um not political, no political analyst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Political. I know that you know. I could think of nothing more antagonising to Russia than to add another NATO yeah and, body to their border. And this is the thing: it just just forget the countries. Just think about it this way: like you've got obviously Russia is involved in a proxy war of sorts with NATO countries. Yeah, that's essentially what's happening at the moment. So if you, if you were smart and you lived close to Russia, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go and say, yeah, no, I'm with, I'm with NATO. Because then you're making yourself a target for Russia. Yeah, yeah. Hey, right? look over here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas you could, if you were smart about it... You would shut the fuck up. You would shut the fuck up. Yeah. And you would go, yeah, no, like, I'm staying out of it. Yeah. You guys do your thing. Yeah. Russia, I'm still happy to buy energy off you for cheap. Yeah. And my people will don't suffer. They don't go to war. Yep. They don't have an energy crisis. Like buy that would be out of Ukraine. Yeah, we're so, happy to still buy. Yeah, so that to me would be the smart play. So it'll be interesting too if maybe and maybe that's one of the reasons why the government's shifted. Maybe maybe, maybe this the social democrats are talking about joining NATO, and the people didn't want it. I don't know. So yeah, it'd be interesting to do a little mm. bit more mm. research into that. Um, next story. Uh, the Lancet Medical Journal had a COVID-19 re- like commission report come out and said a f- few very interesting things in it, namely being that uh, they don't rule out lab leak, 
So nothing has ever been confirmed. 100%. Ever will, but yeah. Or ever will. But they not only haven't ruled out lab leak, but they haven't ruled out lab leak from an American lab either. Where's the Lancet from? America. Okay, interesting. And anyway... The- I can imagine China, China going, we both did this. We've taken the brunt for a little bit. Now it's your turn. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's part of it. Because they... We're ob- in this together. Yeah, well, they obviously... They were working together with American yeah. scientists. Like America... Like gain-of-function research. America funded it. Yeah, so, you know, gain-of-function is something that has come out to be 100% confirmed. That was said in the Lancet as well. They know... They've said, without a shadow of a doubt, that this research was taking place beforehand. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that they spoke about was how absolutely ludicrous it is that the National Institutes of Health blocks all of this information only releases any information on it when Freedom of Information Act requests are put in through the courts. And even when they do release stuff, it's all heavily redacted. Yeah. So, you know, getting back to it, National Institutes of Health, publicly funded body, supposed to serve the people and like, just just make with the info. What are you hiding? You know, yeah, like, yeah. It, there could be nothing wrong. Yeah. Just show us. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was very interesting. Oh, no, we redacted that part because it was really boring. Yeah, yeah, it's just too boring. Yeah. It just doesn't make good reading. So yeah. we left it black just to leave a little bit of mystery. Yeah. <laughs> make it a bit more exciting. Um, and just the other thing that I just briefly thought of, which is not really a story, but um, in Australia, are we even talking about monkeypox anymore? Is monkeypox a thing? I know they changed it to think... MPX because it needed a new marketing rebrand because that's what you do with diseases. You rebrand them when they're not having the effect that you want. Well, MPX sounds like a stock ticker. Yeah, mpx.asx. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, have you heard anything about monkeypox? No. No. So it was declared a um, disease of international concern or whatever by the WHO. Uh, I think we've had like, I don't know, 130 cases or something in Australia, just from a brief look. The majority of which in Melbourne. Makes sense. Yeah, right. It's the gayest city in Australia. And, but we don't talk about it anymore. I think our government bought like 400 and something thousand vaccines. For it. 400,000? Yeah. For, isn't there like 30 people with it? Well, I think, like I said, I think there's been about 100 cases or something like that. But yeah, anyway, as I've said before, uh, we create a crisis, it justifies the spending of public money, and then the crisis goes away all of a sudden, which Mm. appears to be what has happened here. So were there any of those news items that you wanted to discuss a little bit more? No. No, they're not. Look, I was thinking there was going to be some real dark, you know, policy or something that was rammed through. That hasn't really happened. Um, it's not as... Sorry, 450,000 doses right. of the new third-generation monkeypox virus vaccine by Bavarian Nordic. So, yeah, 450,000 doses. Mm. Is, and how many, how many deaths have we had? Uh, zero, I believe. Yeah, that's that was the number of deaths. Australia. Oh, actually, I did see one more thing too, which is very important. Yeah, no, no deaths. Uh, I saw this quick post, which was around... So this is from the COVID Medical Network about comparing COVID vaccines and adverse reactions, etc., to the flu vaccines. Right. Because a lot of the rhetoric that we're getting around COVID shots now is like, oh, you're just going to be get, getting it with your annual booster. Mm. So it's just like a flu shot. And what these guys are essentially saying is that it is not, in fact, just like a flu shot. And fun little side note on, because I haven't really seen the market in Australia yet, but the FDA recently approved, well, under emergency use authorization again, because that's the only approvals that you can give. Well, so it's just a way to give it, yeah. Yeah, uh, the new bivalent vaccines in America, which is the COVID and flu shot all in one jab. Is it mRNA? Yeah, yeah. So the new ones from Pfizer and Moderna. And the have you heard about the testing that they've done on these on things? Eight mice. Eight mice. And do you know what they were testing for? What? Whether or not when you injected the eight mice with it, did they produce antibodies or not? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. That is... So... If, if, any, if you take anything out of this situation, what I take out of it is that this is the level of fucks given that the medical community has for the people. Like, there's just no, there's nothing else to take out of it. 
They've approved this thing to mass vaccinate human beings, your own population, based on whether or not eight mice that you gave it to created antibodies. Yeah. Nothing nothing else was was tested on. It's just bizarre. And they've got human trials. Eight's such a weird number. Was there ten maybe? And then but only two eight. were excluded from yeah, the yeah, from yeah the like study. the other ones. Anyway, let me let me just go through a little bit of data There's on probably this. Probably a hundred. Yeah. So these guys just compared adverse events and deaths reported following influenza vaccine versus COVID nineteen vaccines. Okay. Between the period of the first of March twenty two and the 14th of August, 22. Okay. So very and, recent and flu data. flu vaccines are not mRNA? No. Yep. No, they're not. And what's interesting about these numbers, the first thing to note is the total amount of vaccines given, and I will I will round these down to make them uh, a little bit easier. So influenza vaccines given in that period, 10.8 million. COVID-19 vaccines given that period, eight uh, 8.7 million. So roughly 2 million more flu vaccines given yep. during that period of time. Total number of cases reporting adverse events, all adverse events, after those flu shots was 1,233. Yeah. COVID-19 vaccines, 16,489. So roughly 15 times more from yeah. 2 million less doses. Uh, number of cases reporting cardiac disorders, 66 from the flu shot, uh, 2,600 from the COVID shots. Number of cases reporting heart inflammation, three in the flus, uh, 778 in the COVIDs. Uh, they've, they've got a whole bunch of different things that they sort of narrow, they um, go down yeah. through. But here's one, chest pain, 35 from flu shots, 2,749 from COVID vaccines. Deaths, 10 reported after the flu shot, 134 after COVID-19 vaccines. So when you look at these things as percentages... So with reported per 100,000 doses, when it comes to total adverse events, it's 1,569% more from the COVID shots. Uh, Cardiac disorders, 4,800%. Heart inflammation, 32,000%. Gastrointestinal disorders, 1,400%. Nervous system disorders, 2,100%. Chest pain, 9,700%. Uh... Deaths, 6,700%. Uh, sorry, that is deaths reported following adverse event, following immunization. So a more specific yeah, category. Yeah. Total deaths. As opposed to the car crash. Yeah, yeah. So total deaths, 1,500%. So yeah, that, that, that 6,700% is I've had a vaccine, I've reported an adverse event, and then I've died. Yeah. Whereas the total deaths is I've had a vaccine, and then I've died within a period afterwards. So in other words, it is clear as day that there is a signal there. There is some form of safety signal there Mm. because that is the most recent. None of the numbers are down. No, every single number is, is considerably considerably higher than the flu shots. It's recent data from March to August this year. And I mean, like how, when, when you wonder why, the FDA's approving stuff through emergency use authorization. It's because if you look at those numbers, there's no way you can give these yeah. things full approval. And you've got to remember too, in Australia, these things are all still just on provisional approval. So when until does next, that... That's next year, 2023. Is it like the 1st of January, 2023? I'm not 100% sure. I think it's... It'll be closer to February, I believe, because I think it's two years from when they first give the approval. Mm-hmm. So it'd be... I think we start our vaccine rollout February 2021. So I would assume it's more like February 2023, I think. Have you noticed that they're not trying to market the unvaxxed to get vaxxed? It's just people to get boosted? Yeah. Because, oh, well, I mean, look, that be... makes marketing sense to me. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. why would you... They've already got a big market. You know what I mean? Mm. They've already got 95% of the population wants it. Why would you spend money trying to target the 5%? Do you think that number's real? No. I don't. I don't think it is it's either. I wouldn't be surprised if it's similar to like in the car industry. If you registered a vehicle as a demo, that was yeah. classed as a sale. So when the manufacturer reported the numbers at the end of the month, it's like great news. Everybody hit target, even though twenty five percent of your target was just you registering cars at the end of the month. Yeah. I believe it's something similar. I wouldn't be surprised if. 
it's based more on doses sold rather than doses administered yeah. as well. Something yeah. something like that. But I, I, I definitely think that with, with all of the stuff that we've seen in recent times about the nudge units and this behavioral psychology that every government around the world is investing in at the moment because they are they're putting more effort in. They know that just telling you to do something, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Convincing you to do something is, is far more powerful. I just know that early on in the rollout, when we're getting the numbers every single day of this many people got their vaccines, we're at this percentage of coverage and blah, 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 blah. I definitely think that at least those numbers were inflated early on yeah. to try to give the impression that everyone was rushing out the door to do it. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not my... Now, we are... Oh, and just, just by the way, the um, before any of the naysayers uh, come out and go, where do you get the data from? It's from, I believe they pulled their data from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Just an FYI. Yeah. Um, I guess our age group was probably the one that had... Was probably the least, would you say, is the least vax group, but also the highest... Adverse event. So, risk. yeah, a lot of studies have come out which has shown, particularly around the mRNA shots, that men under 40 uh, have the highest adverse event rate. Yeah. Men under 40. So it doesn't seem to affect women as much. Not a, I've got no idea what, what the reason for the difference is. I would assume that maybe it's got something to do with testosterone levels, just purely based on the fact that that... Uh, higher adverse event rate doesn't appear to be the same in children. So the only difference between, you know, so when you've got men essentially between the ages of like 16 and 40, that's when you're at peak testosterone. Well, not peak, you're at peak early, like 16 to 25, but you still got relatively high levels of testosterone in your system. It starts to drop off after you mm. get a little bit older. It also, you don't have it when you're a young child either. So that to me is the only real key difference yeah, yeah, between yeah. those groups. Um, yeah, like men under 40, uh, biggest adverse events. And also, it, it just... The, again, we, we when you look at those percentages, you have to, we don't talk about risk-reward. We've never spoken about risk-reward. When I say we, I mean the Australian government, the health authorities, the doctors, the people putting the information out there. It has all literally been around, if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to die. Well, no, I, I would say that there was a period where they said risk-reward... And it was not not in the inception. It was like probably phase two of the rollout where they said, you know, the, the, the risk of myocarditis, I think this is when um, AZ was still available. Yeah. And I'd said, you know, the risk of you getting that is so small, but we don't know what's going to happen with, with COVID. You know, that yeah. was kind of, they did push that narrative for but, a while. But think about, I was watching something from Discernible and I wish I actually saved the, the document they were reading off, but that he was... In his most recent show, he was running through a lot of the rhetoric that the leaders had been saying during the vaccine rollout. And he highlighted what Joe Biden said last year when the Americans were going into winter. So that would have been over our summer period. And remember, the White House put out that press release, which was like, uh, if you have chosen not to be, unvac- uh, to be unvaccinated, you are in for a winter of severe illness and death and, yeah. and uh, something along the lines of like, you know, and not only the people that you kill, but the, the hospital beds that you take up, which you yeah. take. So there's all this rhetoric and he literally went through all the leaders. Like he started with like Emmanuel Macron from France talking about how literally we need to target the unvaccinated. We need to piss them off until they comply. And he went leader, 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 leader. And it's, and not like those are the people that we elected to run our lives, essentially to help us, to facilitate us, to serve us. And they just othered the, the unvaccinated. So that's, that's what's interesting about the the Swedish um, political change. Yeah. Because they handled it the opposite to the rest of the Western world. Yeah. Yeah. Yet they've been voted out. Yeah. Look, I, I think that, uh, when, when, look, and this is just me pulling stuff out of my bum, they handled it completely differently. Therefore COVID wasn't as big a deal over there as it was here or in other Western countries. So I don't think that that was the key issue front of line for voters. Whereas like when Victoria goes to vote in November, 
I think COVID and more specifically COVID mitigation measures like the lockdowns and all that sort of stuff, I think that stuff will be front of mind when people go to the polls. Um, It's whatever's most affecting you at the time. And I think sure. for Sweden, it's immigration because they don't want people coming in and... It could be. We, we being should... put up. Or maybe it's also because it's a socialist left, like centre-left. I say socialist, that it's like I'm trying to say they're communist. They're not. Uh, but uh, centre-left leaning, which is more likely, I guess, to not only allow immigration, but then also install um, public programs to give them money and, mm-hmm. you know, and those sorts of things. But, um, yeah, interesting, this might be a little bit of a segue. I, a mate of mine, who, or mate of ours, who uh, he had, his Facebook became a, a safe space for uh, open discussions over the last yeah. two years. Yep, shout out. And, yeah, you know who, who you are. Um, and I think at the beginning it was, it was genuinely about trying to get a feel for what people's beliefs were. And then over time, it just became, I'm getting a lot of engagement here. <laughs> so I'm going to put a post up and I'm going to tag the usual suspects in it. Anyway, he tagged me one the other day and he, he said, I can't believe this is a year ago. Um, what does the data tell us now? And essentially, I had gotten into the, the whole, the post itself was about what is the point of vaccine mandates? And you ought to think this is 12 months ago. Yeah. So this is before we had, say, in Queensland when the unvaccinated were locked out of everything, which was like later in the year. And I thought, you know what, this is actually a really good opportunity to go back and audit my beliefs because I'd posted some stuff up there. And I think it's really important, whatever your thoughts were during this pandemic, if you'd written anything down, go back and reread it and, and go, was I right? Was I wrong? What was I close to? What was I far off from? You know, what lessons do I need to learn out of this for next time some sort of flashpoint topic like this comes up? So I actually, uh, I screenshotted, I had three points that I made on this post. Yeah, and what was the date of the post, you know? Uh, Well, it was, this was a few days, this was on Tuesday. And it was a memory that popped up, so it was exactly 12 months. So it was exactly 12 months. So it was the 13th of September last year. Yeah. So here's it, so I said this, uh, there are so many parts of this, Uh, But there are three key points for me. Number one, the vaccine does not stop spread. Therefore, forcing vaccination to keep others safe is unscientific. As people pick up on this fact, the narrative is shifting to, in quotes, it keeps people safe by freeing up hospital beds. Fine, if we want to free up hospital beds, we can make alcohol, cigarettes and fast food illegal tomorrow and free up the majority of beds. That was my first point. Mm. Uh, I think that the vaccine not stopping spread has largely been proven during that period of time. Number two. They uh, called them breakthrough infections at the start. Yeah, remember that? We used to call them breakthroughs. Yeah. Um, well, what was that mean? It's like, oh, I just got my fourth uh, my fourth booster, so now I only got COVID twice this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two, the federal government is unable to bring in vaccine passports themselves and is against the constitution. So to circumvent this, they're giving all the tools to the state so they can restrict their own citizens' movements. They're also putting social pressure on businesses to put peer pressure on their customers, friends, and family to comply, but these are not laws yet. Mm. So, funnily enough, I posted that up in September, and it was like two months later that Queensland literally imposed those mandates and stopped the unvaccinated being able to go anywhere. Three, the only reason why any of this continues to happen is because of the continued acceptance of unscientific rationale for inhuman treatment of all of us, and that includes vaccinated. I fear that many of the people who have been tricked scared or pressured into being vaccinated and now putting pressure on everyone they know to comply with them. Not because they think it's the right thing to do, but because of the basic selfish feeling of, in quotes, well, I did it, so you should have to as well. All the while supporting the active oppression of people for making a cautious and considered medical choice. If you want to check your conscience on this, just substitute, in quotes, unvaccinated person for, in quotes, First Nations person, wherever you are telling someone where they're allowed to go or what basic freedoms they should be allowed and see if you still feel the same way. Mm. Uh, I had heaps of those phone calls. Yeah. Just do it. We all did it. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Yeah. The, the pressure was immense. I was at a party on the weekend, though, and a, a girl that we know who's very funny goes, oh, your sperm would be worth a fortune. Oh, yeah. That's the next Bitcoin man. Yeah. Unvaccinated sperm, 100%. Yeah. Um, but look, in all in all, I look back at that and I go, I feel like my views were pretty accurate at the time. 
and not because because you got to think that so the argument that went on from there was people arguing back against me saying that the vaccine does stop spread and blah 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 blah. Yeah. So oh. it was it was heavy. It was full on back and forth, and all I take out of that is out of that and that learning experience is I go look number one. I was going to say this a few weeks ago, but I forgot about it. Uh, there are a lot of people who, so especially in the last six months, I would say, have, you to use the term again, woken up to the narrative and, and have gone, okay, maybe this wasn't the right thing to do. And the natural inclination for a lot of people is to look back in hindsight and go, okay, who did I listen to who got it so wrong? I'm not going to believe those people anymore about anything. Yeah. And who did I not listen to who got it right? I'm going to believe those people about everything. And I think that is misguided. Yeah. Because just because the public health authorities got this so dreadfully wrong doesn't mean they're wrong about everything. Yeah. And just because certain people got this right doesn't mean they're right about everything either. So I'm saying when we say something that's our belief, it ain't always going to be right. All we try to do on this channel is offer you a, an alternative uh, viewpoint for you to then employ your critical thinking and your research skills to go out and try to find what you believe the truth of the matter actually is. That's the key point, I think, is, is finding what... So it's not what people's opinions are, because you really should have your own. Mm-hmm. Backing yourself up and investing the time, because these things are important. Yes. So you need to allocate space to find out what's best for you and your family. Yeah, 100%. And and it can be different to what other what's best for other people. Correct. Totally. It's, totally. it's allowed to be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we've we've seemed to have fostered this environment of just rampant collectivism over the last over the yeah. pandemic. And to a degree, I get it. It's and like we talk about all the time. In times of conflict, the people come together. Whenever there's a war, the people band together. Um, it's like you and me, we're brothers. We fight all the time. We argue all the time, but someone fucks with you. It's like, Hey, that's my brother. I can only fuck with him. Right. And, and we do that as human beings in societies. And I feel like there's been a bit of a, uh, an increase in the amount of one in all in like, again, I don't want to use the term communism, but it essentially is getting closer towards that. It's, you have to do everything for the good of the collective and you have to put everyone else before you all the time. And I don't believe that to be true. When back in the day, I used to be a safety supervisor on a high ropes course. And the first rule of safety and making sure you're keeping people safe or being able to go up and rescue somebody who got stuck on the course was you need to keep yourself safe first. Otherwise you can't help anyone. Yeah. yeah. So if you fall off, well, you're no use to anyone. Yeah. Right. And I believe that that is the case in life. If you want to help the collective group, get your own house in order first. So from a position of strength, you can then go out yeah. and help others. Absolutely. But if you don't have your shit together, you are no use to anyone. Yeah. And I think that unfortunately, in the last few years, we've had a whole bunch of people who don't have their shit together going out feeling emboldened to have a platform to go you guys all need to do stuff to help me yeah because that's what we saw we saw really obese unhealthy young people going out just get the jab you're putting me in danger yeah like the one that i followed at aldi double masked with yeah and only eating exclusively mac and cheese and mac and, and cheese mac and, and cheese. two minute noodles yeah Oh, but you're being safe. That's right. And this is something too that you can you can go back and look at. Go back twelve months and look at how fat me and Alex were. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We said during the time yeah. that we go okay. We don't want to. We don't want to take the jab. So what are we going to do? All right. We're going to work out. We're going to start trying to eat healthier. Like we're going to try I've to improve. To yeah, like we're going to try to improve our overall health to protect ourselves from yeah. this disease. And we did that. Yeah. You know, we practice what we preached. Yeah. We were very fat before. Oh, yeah. If you, if you go... I was telling one of, the, one of the boys at work the other day, I was like, go back and watch the first episode. Like, I had the big paunch. Big tire and... Yeah. Yeah. So, look, the... Like I said, just to just to reconfirm, if you... Whatever side of this, argument, this particular crisis you were on at the beginning, number one, take a step back and chill because the, the danger's essentially over. Mm. Um, I like how they keep tagging that with like, oh, unless something comes... Oh, like, yeah, oh, unless there's another variant. Yeah, yeah. And 
even I, though every variant gets better, not worse. But I also wouldn't be surprised if, like I said the other week, we haven't had any new variants since we stopped pushing boosters. Mm. And as the as the mandates have dropped, which funnily enough, New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern has just dropped all the mandates. Did oh, you see that? No, I didn't see that. So it. that's something else that happened this week too. So I think New Zealand, New Zealand and China are like the two neck and neck for like locking down their people the most. Mm. Maybe Canada's up there as well. And Jacinda's just gone and dropped everything. So, But I've also seen recently over the past month or so that she's on the nose with a lot of the general public. So yeah. once again, it's all based on politics. It's not based on I would like the to see, science. Was it Ottawa? Was it... What was the state in Canada that uh, that very early on got a court case? Yeah, I can't remember exactly. I, ne- I, I need to look into that. Mm. I, I want to see how like how they're thriving. Because I, if I had to guess, I think business in that state will be thriving. Compared Probably, to yeah, because they, they open their doors. I'll do an investigation. I'll come back to you next For week. For sure. Yeah. But, but a few things, that, again, just to sum up as well. The important things to take out of this to me are... Number one, we got really, really lucky that COVID had the um, the infection mortality rate that it did. If this was a disease like Ebola, which I think is like 30% mortality rate, yep. our public health apparatus completely fucked this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. And you can say as much as you want that, oh, no, the deaths were really low because we did all these things. No, no, the deaths are low because COVID's not that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had it twice. Yeah. Right? It's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, it just, you know, we know, we know the groups that are targets. But our public health apparatus completely fucked this up. Yep. The advert... The, sorry, not the adverse events. The increasing excess mortality rate oh, yeah. is massively concerning. That's going to develop over time, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And again, that just shows the public health apparatus completely fucked this up. Yeah. Blind compliance <laughs> fucked it up. Blind yeah. compliance was... That... That was the shocking thing to... Sorry, it's not that shocking. No, it's not that shocking. Not. Unfortunately, it's not that shocking. Yeah. Well, I'm going to a crypto convention th- after this. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm going down. And everyone... I've joked about it because I knew I was going to get the response. Everyone's like, oh, like, oh, idiot, like, crazy, stupid. You're right. Mm. You wait. Right? Yeah. It's the same... So, so uh, uh, when I originally had a conversation, I made a new crypto friend. And, there's, and obviously, he was unvaxxed as well. I'm like, what is... It? Why is there a correlation between... Bitcoiners like crypto guys and and like no no vaccines mm. and he's like the whole reason why it was Bitcoin was built was because of a lack of trust in the system. That's right. So yeah. anyone that was willing to partake in that, a la me, yeah, doesn't trust mm. institutions. Yeah. So and and on so that, I'm going to a super spreader event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I bet you everyone will be fine. Yeah. 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 Um, but but on that note too, it's like, for me, I go, it's not, I don't think that we should all have a complete and utter distrust for institutions. Yeah. We need to bring the trust back, but they need to earn it. For they sure. actually need to do something and earn it back. I'll be really, I haven't even looked up, I, I, forgive me, I should have looked into it, but I haven't looked into whether or not the TGA has approved these bivalent vaccines. If they have, it's disgusting. Yeah. Like human trials haven't even been started yet. And they, they, they're going to, like, the FDA in America's approved it, and the UK's approved it too. Yeah. And it's like, what sort of utter contempt are you treating people with when those are the numbers, when you compare it against a flu shot, like, we've just gone through those, clearly, there's some sort of signal. And then we're going to go, ah, now let's just go and prove this other thing, and let's just keep jabbing people up. Yeah. The institutions, it is on you, anyone who's involved in these institutions... You need to take a step back and check yourself yeah. and go, why doesn't anyone trust us anymore? Oh, it's because we've literally fucked everything up. We were supposed to be the experts in this field. Yeah. People that we told you aren't qualified to even do your own research on this yeah. stuff. They trusted us and we fucked it up. Yeah. Like, you got to take stock of it. And, but... I think part of the issue with a lot of this stuff is, you know, you've got government-funded departments. It ain't like a business. Mm. If a business fucks something up, well, guess what? They pay for it. Yeah, because your customers pay with, like, sorry, they vote with their feet and they go somewhere else. And you go bankrupt and then that business fails. And then they can't can't put their bad decisions on anyone else anymore. Yeah. Government institutions don't have that problem. Yeah. Because they just keep getting that taxpayer funding. And it, honestly, it's it. I would. I really, really would love 
for this to be a massive wake-up call for everyone and people in those organizations to actually stand up and do the right thing. Because you're right, the number one problem during this pandemic was blind compliance. Yeah. And that's from everyone. That's even including the people in these institutions. Yeah. I've said before, one of these guys I used to have the arguments with is the head of biomedical sciences at a massive university. Yeah. Go back and look at that stuff from 12 months ago. I'm not going to out the guy. Yeah. He was wrong. He was wrong. And he was, like, obviously, he runs the courses at that university. So training a new bunch of people yeah. with an attitude that is not about trying to find the right thing. It's That's just right. trying to push a thing. It's push a thing. And not even realizing that you've been tricked by the pharmaceutical companies to sell their products for them. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of the result. Yeah. Crazy. So Crazy. We, we need to, we've got to take the power back. Yeah. We have to take the power back. I encourage all of you to... Don't blindly trust anyone. Don't trust us. Don't trust the institutions. Yep. Don't trust the TV. Don't trust the influences that you see on the internet. Listen to everyone. Mm. Take in all of it. Take in all the information. Um, the FBI guy that was on PBD the other week, he's, he said a really good point, which was when he hears a news story that he's, he thinks doesn't pass the sniff tests, he takes the left-wing angle and the right-wing angle and whatever overlaps in the middle that's probably the stuff that's true. Yeah. And the stuff that doesn't overlap requires further investigation. Yeah. Like have a have a method to be able to figure out and see the forest from the trees. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. On yeah. that note, thanks for joining us, guys. See you next week. We'll see you next week.